0: A lot of insecurities that I was feeling around my employment background. But I, I had a good feeling about it from the interviews, from the conversations of the people. And I knew that it wasn't the the dream job or the you know, the the six figure salary. This like, wow, my my life is I, I'm on easy street now. I knew it was gonna be a lot of work and they were gonna ask a lot of me and I'd get a ton of experience and it just ended up being like, you know, this is the foot in the door.
1: Welcome to the Junior Jobs Podcast, where we interview recently hired junior developers to give you actionable job search advice relevant to today's job market. For today's interview, I'm talking with AJ Crumholtz, who was a carpenter and waiter before he got his first job in tech. Any questions you'd like me to bring up in these interviews? Let me know in the comments below and I'll make sure to bring them up in future sessions. Our sponsor for today is David Roberts with Crushing Digital. They're offering our listeners 30% off their new video series called Standing Out in Tech, which covers every aspect of the junior developer job search. So make sure to check out the link in the show notes and enter the code juniorjobs30 one word at checkout to get your discount. All right AJ, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. So before we get into it, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and why you decided to get into coding?
0: Yeah, sure. So I started a bootcamp last July. Prior to that, I'd been working as a carpenter for about a year and a half relocated back to vermont from the san francisco bay area where i lived for about 10 years and the whole time i was out there i was working in fine dining so i've worked my way up from being a bus boy to being a wine professional and captain at a two michelin star restaurant and really burned out on the restaurant industry and after working as a carpenter i kind of burned out on just working on my feet and being physically exhausted all the time i'm also a type one diabetic so that kind of creates an extra few wrinkles of more like physical exercise. I was dealing with a lot of low blood sugar episodes and I wanted to do something with my brain. And so my sister had attended a boot camp, gotten a great job and loved her work. And, you know, we talked a little bit about what she did and why she liked it. And after doing a little bit of research, I said, Hey, I'll give it a shot. It's seven months. It's 90 hours a week. That's going to be a lot, but I could do this. And yeah, it it ended up working out for me. I kind of got the job I wanted. I work hybrid. I have paid time off and health insurance for the first time in my life. A lot of great things came out of it. And yeah, I'm really happy with with where I'm at right now.
1: Very good. Congratulations on a successful transition. I love your example here, right? You came from a very physically demanding world and had no coding experience. And even then you were still able to be successful in in a relatively short amount of time. So congratulations on on making that happen. I know a lot of people are really intimidated when they haven't done a lot of like mentally demanding work in their past, if they can be successful or not. But if you can do it, AJ, probably they can too.
0: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: So here at the Junior Jobs Channel, we're all about the job search, right? So let's talk about that then. How long did it take you to get your first job after graduating and what resources, strategies, organizations helped you?
0: Yeah, so I was actually one of the few people in my cohort, my my group at the boot camp that was hired before graduation. We had out of a cohort of 50 people, only one person got a job and decided to leave the program before graduating. I elected to stay on. But the interview process was pretty long. So I started looking for my job in the let's, it was about, about two months before set graduation, put out a lot of applications that I heard nothing back from, but you know, got the experience, got, got out of the boot camp like all code all the time mindset and into the like networking mindset into figuring out how LinkedIn worked into getting my profile looking good and working on my resume, which is, which is really tough when you're coming from a non-technical background, you know, it's good to, it's good to show, you know, that you have bootcamp experience on there, but without a tech job in there, it's really hard. And you know, your, your tech stack doesn't look like it's big enough or you don't know enough things. There's a lot of, there's a lot of insecurities that I was feeling around my, employment background. I had my first interview at the company I ended up working at in early December and didn't get a job offer until mid-January. So I had three interviews with that and I was still applying to other places during that time. I think I put out somewhere around 40 applications. I got a couple rejections, which was nice. I got one callback from a part-time Craigslist ad. Locally here in Vermont, and the rest of them ghosted me. So it's pretty typical of like the ratios. I was just lucky that, you know, a local company decided to take a chance on me. It was a a personal connection, a friend of a friend. A friend, Stacy and her boyfriend play Dungeons and Dragons at our regularly hosted game at the office I now work at. They also host Magic the Gathering tournaments that she attends. So she happened to be there one night. The, the CEO was there. And he mentioned that they were looking to hire a new developer. And she was like, I know someone who's in boot camp right now who lives just up the way. And so I think, you know, luck played a part knowing someone who knew someone who worked in tech, which, you know, is a, a privilege in and of itself. You know, I didn't specifically set out to leverage that relationship. I didn't know this company existed because I hadn't really been thinking about looking at small local companies. I was looking at kind of big national companies. I had a couple targeted companies from living out in San Francisco that I knew of that I sent kind of heavily personalized requests to. Only one of those got back to me. And it was a diabetes tech company that was kind of my like pie in the sky, absolute dream job. But it was, uh, it was not a junior job. And it it was, it was Mm -hmm. one that I kind of specifically went after on the website. It was not something that was posted and uh, I got a really nice rejection letter. So that felt good to at least hear back. But uh, yeah, so I, 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 didn't put as much time into the job search as some people, because I think when I got through the second interview with this company, I was like, okay, this might really be a thing. And I kind of put my eggs all in that basket thinking like, mm-hmm. you know, if this doesn't work out, if I get through a third and there, there ended up being a third interview, if I could do the third interview and they're like, ah, oh, we actually went with the other person or some other person. It's like, you know, I can go back to the grind. But I, I had a good feeling about it from the interviews, from the conversations of mm-hmm. the people. And I knew that it wasn't the the dream job or the, you know the the six figure salary. This like wow my my life is I, I'm on easy street now. I knew it was going to be a lot of work, and they were going to ask a lot of me, and I'd get a ton of experience. And I really liked everyone that I had met there, and it just ended up being like you know this is the foot in the door that I need. This is like a really great company. It's small, it's local. Most of their clients are local businesses and nonprofits. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making the world a worse place when I go into work. The, the The staff is relatively diverse for Vermont, which is a notoriously non-diverse state. And so, you know, it's a non-diverse industry historically. So that felt good. It felt like I wasn't just going into an office with a bunch of people who look like me and have the same interests as me. There were, there were a lot of things about that process and the people I met along the way, where I was like, okay, yeah, like this, this, this works for me, and yeah, well, that's
1: that's a great, great example. There's a lot of a lot of things to call out there that I want to make sure you get highlighted, right? You mentioned was sure you're not getting that dream six figure salary. A lot of developers I know that I've talked to say things like, I know my worth, and then they'll say no to an offer because it's not as high as they want. And really, I would suggest you don't know what your worth is because you've never done this professionally before, right? And the employer at least sees you as a risk because they don't know if you can do this professionally. There's a lot that goes into working as a team in a structured corporate environment that's outside of the realm of the actual skills of being a software engineer. So I would suggest you get the first offer, you're grateful for it, work your butt off, keep working hard, doing your best. And then, you know, second, third job down the road. And when you have some experience under your belt and some evidence of what you can do, then you can pursue some of the more high-paying, aggressive roles that are more aligned with your your long-term goals. (laughs) So congratulations then, my friend. You made the transition before you graduated. You had a job lined up. Took two months there. That's another important point. It takes a long time to develop relationships and don't just plan to send out 40 resumes and to get an offer in the next few weeks. Even if you land a role that you're excited about that they're open for, usually there's three rounds, four rounds, sometimes five rounds of interviews. And it takes a while for that whole process to play out. So looking back, were there any key moments, key learnings for you as you look at maybe some of the bootcamp grads from your cohort that are still looking for work anything that you think you would recommend that they try doing
0: yeah i mean i think I, you know just just given my experience this this advice may not be you know relevant for everybody you know if you live in a city that has a huge kind of tech environment, I guess, maybe the right, like, like in San Francisco or in my, my boot camp was based in Denver. So there are a lot of Denver uh, people in, in there, but, but for me looking locally, I, I was so much more likely to get feedback or a response from local companies. Like, even if it was a no, like there's a company here who's making self-flying airplanes and I applied for a job there and they were like, <laughs> in five years, maybe, which was fine. <laughs> It was a, they were hiring for a senior engineer. I I reached out and I was like, "Hey, if you have an opening for a junior, I'm here." And it's like, "Okay, maybe we don't want a junior designing our flying airplanes." That's fine. I get that. It's like a misplaced comma could be a real problem in, in sure. a place like that. I, I think I think I I would encourage folks to like look around where they are. Even if you want a fully remote job, and that's fine. Like I didn't have a strong preference one way or another. I I knew I didn't want to be in the in an office an hour away you know, five days a week, but an hour away from me at the woods or the middle of the lake. So that wasn't really an option, but yeah, look, look, look around in your local town or your local city, especially if you're somewhere remote, you know, these big companies, they're getting 500 applications for a junior position. And you never know, like you never know who's, you know, your local university. One of, one of my friends from boot camp is, it took a job doing WordPress development there. And it's like, it's not, what he went to boot camp to do, to work on a WordPress website, but it's, it's time, you know, with your fingers on the keyboard, getting paid for it. You're paying off your loans. Yeah. There's, there, there's a lot out there that's kind of outside the paradigm of like, you know, tech companies that end with L Y there's, there's a lot out there in the world that, you know, you might just not think about, or might not be well advertised, or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. is. Willing to open up a position for someone who's local. Who's willing to be in the office two or three days a week because, you know, the other people you're competing with are far away. And so if you're in kind of like a small like tech backwater, like Vermont kind of is, like there's still opportunities there. Like folks still need developers and websites and applications. You know, we we just built a mobile application for a a mountain biking association up here in Vermont. And like it was a great experience.
1: There's a lot of competition for the remote roles. And there's not a lot of competition for the in-office roles. And as a junior developer, you need to find ways you can differentiate yourself in any way that you can. So if that's a willingness to work in the office, if that's a willingness to travel, if that's a willingness to work odd hours, you have to find a way to differentiate yourself in a meaningful way. And sometimes that means taking the jobs that others don't want or looking in places that others are not looking like in smaller local markets. Yeah. Very good. So AJ, then now that you look back, you've been on the job here for a few months. Is there anything you wish you had studied or practiced more that you think would have helped you be more effective in your current
0: role? The things that have come at most valuable to me are not specific technologies. It's things like how to read documentation and how to develop a familiarity with a new framework, like where to start, like, what are your entry points? Like, how does routing work? Is, does this do like mo- model view controller pattern, or is there something else going on here? For backend engineers like me, like, what is the ORM, the o- object relation manager, like, um, okay. those kind of things are way more important. It's, it, it's like, it's like no matter what language you speak, like learn how verbs work, like learn which way is like up and down. Like there there's and and I wish I knew more of those things before because it I I took a job in a brand new language. It wasn't I, I learned Ruby in my boot camp. I now work in PHP. I learned Rails correspondingly. I now work in Laravel with a whole bunch of attached frameworky stuff on there. JavaScript I don't love, but it never goes out of style. So it would have been nice to be able to understand what the front end folks are doing. A little bit better it takes me a while to parse javascript learn your git commands i wish i knew more about things like rebase i i, I came out of bootcamp with a very strong git foundation it was something i'd made a point to talk about a lot in the interview process and it is such a massive part of the job that like it doesn't really matter what language you're working in if you know how to use Git well and you're organized and your workflow is proper, it's a huge asset as a developer. Yeah, no
1: matter what language you are, everybody's using Git.
0: Yeah, and like be comfortable with it, like be fluent in it and and talk about that in your interview process. Like when you hey. get that interview, like it, I have to imagine that's a huge thing just in terms of like collaboration styles, like how do you work with other people? It's like, yeah, I know how to use Git and I do it really well and I'm flexible. And so if you your company wants to use it in a certain way, I'm able to adapt to that. And you um, see that'll... my Git
1: commit history in my portfolio for, for examples. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I like to think you mentioned the, the, the verbs, the grammar, right when you pick up a new language or new framework, I, I typically think as long as I know a basic folder structure, organization of components, as long as I know how to navigate between widgets, pages, what have you, as long as I know how to make an HTTP request and do local storage. I feel like once I have like those four mastered, okay, you got 80% of the struggle is, is learned. And then it's just kind of executing on that and Googling as you need from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, AJ, thank you for the time. Really appreciate the conversation. It's all the time we have for today. So thank you to all that are listening and we will catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Junior Jobs Podcast. We hope you found today's interview helpful as you navigate your own job search in tech. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to like and subscribe as that helps us reach more developers in need. And don't forget to check the show notes for details on today's sponsor and other job search services that we provide. Thanks for listening and have a great day.